Hello and welcome to the All Saints podcast. I'm here this week with uh, Mrs. Candice Brandt and Mrs. Leah Douglas to talk about one of the most exciting educational initiatives that I've had the privilege of being involved in. Uh, uh, you've seen in the last few weeks, I've had one or two conversations, actually no, three or four conversations with um, Mr. Joshua Taylor of Grace Classical uh, Christian Academy in Granbury. Uh, and uh, it occurred to me that it would be a very sensible thing to hear from these two ladies about the Oaks Tutorials, which is uh, a Christian no, I'm going to let you guys describe it in a minute or two. We'll come to you in a second. Um, I should just explain briefly how I got to be involved in this. Um, we realized uh, uh, shortly before, actually, uh, my family and I arrived here at All Saints that um, uh, there are all kinds of educational opportunities for young people at All Saints uh, that we weren't exploiting. And I mused over these for a, a long time and never really thought there'd be any opportunity to do much about it. But um, uh, Candice and Leah uh, asked Pastor Neil and me to get involved in uh, the school which they were starting. And one thing led to another. And basically what we did was to fit the Bible and theology classes that I was very excited about offering to all the young people here at All Saints into the curriculum at the Oaks Tutorials, um, which I'm going to ask these guys about now. So basically I, I got involved in this sort of sideways doing double duty by... Um, teaching for the young people at All Saints and teaching a whole bunch of other young people I've never met, which has been an absolute blast. I've now done it for two academic years and it's been wonderful. And so, ladies, thank you very much for being with us. What I'd like to do today is to talk with you about um, the Oaks Tutorials and also about your own uh, backgrounds as educators and as mothers. And so maybe we could start there. Do you want to just introduce yourselves briefly um, and tell us about your own uh, upbringing uh, as much as you want to. You don't <laughs> um, and also just tell us a little bit about um, how you've been, how your convictions have been shaped concerning Christian education and your own educational experiences as teachers and so on and so forth. So if we start, Leah, maybe we start with you. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about uh, yourself, your family, uh, a bit about your background, what got you to this point? Sure. Um. I was homeschooled for several years, and then my parents saw what was going on in Moscow at Logos and wanted to do something similar for my brother and I. So my parents started a classical Christian school five days a week in Spokane, Washington, and my dad was a headmaster, so I, was, I got to see a lot of what goes on hmm. behind the scenes there, and I'm thankful for that. And it didn't scare you off? It didn't, apparently. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't paying as close attention as I should have been, but uh, um, so I graduated from there um, and went to a liberal arts, a very small liberal arts college. And um, as our kids were getting older and approaching school age, um, we ended up doing a five-day-a-week school for a few years, and then we ended up homeschooling for a year. And homeschooling, I realized that there was no way that I could ever give my kids as good as what I had received all by myself. Right. And, and even in a co-op, I didn't think one day a week was going to mm. cut what we what I really wanted to give them. Mm. So, um, And Candace had approached a couple of years before that, asking if we would be interested in doing something like what we've got going at the Oaks now. And at that point, I wasn't interested, but finally we were <laughs> She's interested. She's persuasive, right, isn't she? Yes, she is. 
and and I trusted her. She's got a very good track record and lots of experience, mm -hmm. and um, that's what that's what I wanted. So. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to come in a minute to uh, the um, the shape of the Oaks tutorials and what what it is you're trying to do. Before that, Candice, you've had so Leah, you have four children. Yes. Um, age ranges. Um, four to almost twelve. Okay, right. So you're in that that first half of the, the project of motherhood yes. and teaching your kids, okay. Candice, tell us about yourself and your family and your own educational background and experiences. Um, well, I am a mother first, mm -hmm. I guess, um, of 10 children and uh, they age, their age ranges are 31 to 13, so, right. um, and we've homeschooled at least one of them in some form or another for the whole, of the, the whole of that time, yes. Right. So um, I started homeschooling not because I wanted to, mm. actually kind of kicking and screaming as we were going overseas as missionaries, and it was either homeschool or boarding school. And mm. we were convicted about um, our responsibility as parents and the education of our children mm. enough at that point uh, to decide that homeschooling was the only option right. for us. Right. And so that's how I got started in that my homeschooling journey overseas, um, all alone, yeah. <laughs> homeschooling um, yeah. our oldest two, and at that point we had five children. And so um, when we came back to the U United States, we were looking for help in our homeschooling, and yeah. I I did try some co-ops and I tried um, different curriculum, thinking that that would be what I needed, the yeah. magic bullet to make it easier, and. Um, kept finding that I was falling short. I wasn't able to do everything mm -hmm. that I needed to do for all of my children. And um, the Lord was growing our family at that time. And so uh, I was looking outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And so finding people in our church community who could come together with me to um, do something together to support, our, to support each other. And so I started at that time as director of Classical Conversations program, which they was pretty new back in the day in mm -hmm. North Carolina. Yeah. Um, I directed that for eight years. And then as we went through our journey with Classical Conversations, we saw ways in which we wanted to go bigger and deeper mm. and um, be more effective um, in supporting each other in our homeschooling. Right, right. Um, so while um, along that time, my husband and I helped to start a Christian Classical wow. University-style high school <laughs> from which two of our children graduated and one went through a junior year mm -hmm. before we moved to Texas and um, also started tutorial programs that met one day a week in uh, in North Carolina for the grammar stage and the logic stage. Right. So they're still going strong back in North wow. Carolina under the, the board of the high school, which is really exciting to see and okay. to watch those families continue to grow. When we moved to Texas, mm we were looking for something to help support our homeschooling endeavors. And at that point, I was, I was pretty burned out. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> and didn't think, both Sean and I joked about, you know, you only have one school in you. And, it turns um, out you've got two or three. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, <laughs> never look for that, but the Lord sometimes just puts things in front of you mm. and you, gives you no options. So we tried some different schools here that would help us, um, mm. Christian classical schools that really ended up not being good fits. Mm. So we were missing something. Right, uh, everything right, was right. missing something. And so we were trying to build community and find people to come alongside us for something mm. like the Oaks. 
and um, it wasn't until the Douglases in 2020, the beginning of 2020, came along and said, mm. we're ready now. Yeah, that you persuaded kind of, us. <laughs> <laughs> kind of all came together for right. what we have now at the Oaks. Right. And um, I think it was pretty amazing that the way that our vision seemed to really align. Yeah. And yeah. Um, mm. we're just been really blessed to have that unity as, yeah. we, as we've you know, just, gone into the Oaks and yeah. building together so, so bit, I want to ask you in a second to describe the Oaks um, as concisely and crisply as you can and just like give give people a kind of sense, comprehensive sense of what it is you're trying to do but even before we get to that I'm, I'm struck by a couple of things and the first is um, there's that sense of being convicted that you spoke about Candice in particular um, and I think a lot of homeschooling parents will empathize with that um, I, I recall that for Nicole and me um, that we, I, we weren't looking to be convinced of anything. I was at, actually studying at seminary. We had our first child, Ben. I think number two, Becky, was on the way. Maybe Abby was on the way. I can't remember. But we were at some stage in my theological training. And it was a theologically driven, biblically driven conviction that shifted in us, the, the desire to make our children's upbringing consistently biblical as much as we could and realizing that the plan that we'd subconsciously formed up to that point just to shunt our kids into the state education sector wasn't a great way of doing that for us in fact it wasn't a great way of doing that period um, and we felt convicted that we wanted to try and do better and we weren't at all sure what to do um, and I think especially for mums and I think of Nicole my wife um, I, I doubt there's a Christian educator, home educator watching this who hasn't had that kind of feeling of oh my goodness, rabbit in headlights, what am I doing, I can't do this but we have to try because we, you don't want to settle for anything less than the best you can give the, for your children and so minimally you have to be striving to give them a Christian education of some kind um, and then the other thing I'm struck by and this is um, both of you, I guess, have been in this position of just wanting to, to do better than you feel able to. You get, you get started and you think, well, you know, that's good. And then you think, hmm, if only we could, you know, we, we're doing okay, but this isn't great or that isn't great. We, we want to try and improve it. And I think that's something, I don't know whether everybody feels that. I think probably we all should. Um, and I want to encourage uh, home educating parents, especially mums, but actually dads as well. I've spoken to a few dads who felt this um, sense of, oh, maybe, maybe what we're doing isn't as good as it could be. Well, no, it's not. It never will be as good as it could be. And you don't want to despair over that. But I don't know, I, I want to say that there is a sense in which we all ought to be striving to do a better job this year than last year. And uh, whether that leads you to a Christian school or a different kind of home education or classical conversations or whatever it is that the Oaks Tutorials is. I mean, I, I think I wouldn't want to be black and white about what precisely you choose, but it's as well to be clear about the pros and cons of the different options, right? Uh, and to try to be um, getting more faithful, more mature, more wise, more consistent in our teaching. And so that leads me then to ask the crunch question. So 
Can you describe what it is you're doing? I don't know which one of you wants to do this. What is the Oaks Tutorials? What's it, what are its distinctive aims and features as a, a school? You want to start? We were going to have this problem the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So I need <laughs> to tell you. What was that? <laughs> That's okay. Go on. Le Leah, tell us first up, and then Candice, yeah, pitch in. And go okay. Ahead. Okay. So we call it the three C's were mm -hmm. Christian first, then classical, and collaborative. Mm -hmm. So Christian, not meaning we just slap a Bible class on at the beginning, mm -hmm. but that we want everything integrated into Scripture. We want kids to see different subjects the way God sees them, mm. which is not even as different subjects in the first place. So right. Christian in the first place, and then classical, which we actually feel like is just a subset of Christian. Mm -hmm. um, priest, king, prophet, yeah, yeah. grammar, logic, rhetoric, knowledge, yeah. understanding, wisdom, it all, uh, that pattern is definitely mm -hmm. something that's built into the world, and yeah. it's definitely built into our kids. Yeah. So using that pattern to do what the kids are actually really enjoying mm. and um, Pastor Neil uses the word wonder all the time, yeah, just yeah. capturing that wonder and working with it, mm -hmm, not against mm -hmm. it. And then collaborative, meaning um, we want to work with parents. And a lot of schools will say that they're doing that, and I think that they are, but I think that we just have to work very closely with parents. Right. Um, and we will live or die by how well we work right. with parents. So our teachers are coming up with the plan for the week and what the kids are going to do at home. And as a parent, you just have to follow through with mm. that on those home days. But so it's very important that we're on the same page with our parents and have them understanding yes. what we're doing and why we're doing it the way we're doing it so they can embrace that. So fill in some of those details for us then, Candice. Um, so it's Christian, right? It's classical. And um, in the one of the podcasts I did with um, Josh Taylor, right, we talked about what you just mentioned, the, the biblical background to what has come to be known as the classical Christian model. And I think... Even if even if you're not self-consciously embracing that as an educator, there are features of it which necessarily find their way into the, the way you do things. Um, so let's not go down that rabbit trail any further because I have to discipline myself. That's, that's but, but the collaborative thing, Candice, talk to us about the structure of a week at the Oaks, as an average if there's such a thing, and a normal week at the Oaks. What do you do that makes it distinctively collaborative? We meet on Mondays. And Thursdays and so um, it is a drop-off program parents are, are welcome to stay for as much or as they'd like of any of the days but we start in the morning with an assembly and we go through the class day and every subject that the students have in their academic plan are covered mm -hmm. in, on our class days and then on their home days on Tuesday and Wednesday they take a syllabus home that walks parents through exactly what they need to do mm -hmm. at home for each of those days and then they come back to class day on Thursday whether it was reading to prepare for class discussion which with the older students a lot of that um, those home days are in preparation for the class day for um, good discussion and mm -hmm. practicing their rhetorical skills um, but there are Friday and our Fridays then we consider a school a Friday mm -hmm. and we want to allow for a lighter academic load at home and um, giving parents freedom to teach their kids other things right, know, whether okay. it's music lessons baking shop whatever it is that they mm. need to do to give them a well-rounded education right, right. that's school a Friday so they may have some reading assignments they may have a little bit of leftover math the older kids may have a little bit of extra 
theology. Theology. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, just a little bit. But we don't want to overload the weekends. We yeah, want yeah. Sunday to be sacred, set aside. We don't mm-hmm. want kids cramming for Monday. Right, we right, want everything right. done, you know, yeah. before then. So um, that's what the home mm. days look like. Right. Now, depending on the student, of course, how much time right, they have right, to right. put in to, to accomplish the work is... Right. Varies, but right. see, because this is the thing that intrigues me about it. If you if you think of a spectrum of educational structures, um, a lot of Christian educators, certainly we did, Nicole and I, started out with homeschooling because that's all we could afford and it's all that was available. And you mentioned a co-op. We actually did that a little bit um, with one or two other families. Found that immensely helpful. But basically, the structure was shaped by us and. The co-op only lasted for as long as we were in that location, and so a couple of years passed, and we were no longer doing that, and so we're basically on our own. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got the the standard sort of Christian school model, eight or four or whatever. You call it the drop-off model. I've never heard that phrase, but I, okay, yeah, the drop. You take your kids to school, and they get basically all the stuff. It's provided, and they've probably got homework to do. But in the middle there you have the Oaks tutorials where if you were if you were wanting to uh, plug this and argue for it you're you're saying something like it has the benefits of a structure provided by uh, educators who are full-time or at least most of their time vocational specialists actually in their subjects that gives the structure that a lot of homeschoolers struggle with. I mean, we didn't know where to turn for that structure, and we we grabbed some stuff which was mostly great, though some of it was terrible, and we had to ditch it. But on the other hand, um, you've got the benefits of parental involvement that's absolutely core to the program. It's not like mum and dad need to just make sure that little Johnny's doing his homework. They're actually involved in the teaching, and those Fridays give that flexibility of... Um, you know, if, if you've got a parent who wants their child to learn a couple of subjects that aren't being done, they can teach them. If you've got a setting where they, well, you want the, the parents just want their children to have more practical skills or work in the family business, they can do that. So, um, what am I missing? I mean, are there other things, other aspects of this that um, over, over the couple of years you've been doing it have really stood out to you as real benefits? of the program, particularly maybe on those days when you're all together. What, what's really worked well that you've really loved? Leah, talk to us about that. Um, well, I love, I love what you were just saying. It's just a continuation of that. Right. That right. balance between getting time in the classroom, time with kids their age, time with a different teacher. Mm. So as a parent, I'm getting that support. I want you to do better with your handwriting, and it's not just me saying that. It's not just me and Dad saying that. Miss so-and-so says so, too. Um, And I think that that can be really, really helpful Mm. for young boys, for instance. Right. Um, And and just pause on that, because, like, for boys, we've, um, uh, people who know us know we've got one, one son and two daughters. Our son is the oldest. And so we were conscious from a very early age that he's being raised in a highly feminized environment. Um, And he loves his sisters and he loves his mum and they all love him. He drives them nuts sometimes, doesn't he? Anyway, but (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but it's it's wonderful in lots of ways, especially when he's young, but you get to 12, 13, 14, and like, it's not 
a great environment for a kid to be in the whole time. And I've been struck by that benefit here at the Oaks. And actually, there are other ways of introducing that. Yeah. Um, but so for boys especially. Um, and the girls get the social aspect right, that yeah. they also really need. Right. Um, and those relationships, learning to get on with people that you don't always get on with, making new friends who you really do get on with. And blind spots. I mean, because yeah. you can right. get in your own little bubble mm -hmm. and you might be really good at what you're really good at but you might not know mm. what issues maybe you struggle with because there's just nothing to bring right. them up unknown unknown so yeah and that goes with um, character issues in your children sometimes mm. when you're doing things in community you get rubbed up against people and you're going to then yeah, see yeah. sin maybe that wasn't obvious to you mm -hmm. as a parent which I find has been very helpful to us as it's it's painful course yeah. but it's and yeah. humbling but yeah. it's also very helpful yeah um, and for having so many sons knowing mm. how many sons do you have seven seven <laughs> sons, <Right>. seven sons. <laughs> um, knowing the the transition of parenting that you have to walk through as mm. a mother and learning to that that we're so needy um, mm. and dependent on other inputs in our children's lives. Yes, I yes. think it's it's wonderful to have a good relationship. I have good relationship with all of my sons and I'm very, very thankful for that. But um, mm. I think having outside input has been mm. a, a good, healthy part of that. Yes, um, and it's interesting you say, you, you sometimes don't see it until, you don't see what you're lacking until it's provided. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've noticed that, even, we have a, a comparatively small family, we have, like I said, three kids, and, and then just occasionally, I'll see one of the children or all of them in a different social environment, um, really thriving mm -hmm. and, and really having a wonderful time. Um, I think like back in the UK, um, Ben joined the Royal Air Force Cadets and just developed a whole bunch of character traits that he hadn't had the opportunity to develop elsewhere. And um, now there were some problems with that environment, uh, some fairly predictable ones. And it, it was obvious to us all the way along that there were significant benefits to having a kind of some kind of community in educational contexts, um, and it's not just for reasons that you can see; it's for all the reasons you can't see. And those are almost, as a parent, they're the more important ones because you can fix the problems that you can spot. Yeah. But uh, we, we all. Do you have this? You like family quirks. <laughs> And you, and you sort of suddenly realise that all your children have Jeffrey family traits. I'm like, oh my goodness, how, how do we get rid of these? And the answer is by, make, by exposing them to some other families. Um, so talk, to, talk about the, the classroom setting specifically then. Um, what, what's the, I mean, I know the answer to this because you've asked me, and we've talked about how I teach the Bible and theology classes. And, um, but talk to the listeners about what you're trying to get the teachers to do and what they're doing successfully that that really creates the classroom environment that you're looking for. You want to speak to the lower grades and I'll speak to the rhetoric school? Because um, yeah, I yeah, think there ahead. is some difference right. in what we're doing. Um, so with the, with the lower grades then, Leah, what, what are the teachers trying to accomplish in the classroom? So definitely, um, well, like we talked about before, that joy and working mm. with the grain. So what are they really good at? This is going to go back to classical. Yes, They're really yes, good yes. at the chants and the jingles and things that rhyme and have a rhythm to them and using their bodies and being outside. So right. that's all 
classical, and I don't. Um, yes, liturgies. Thank you. Good. <laughs> um, definitely um, try purposefully building in structure into our days that is very reliable, and mm. the kids thrive on that. And mm -hmm. we as adults might think that that looks boring and dry, yeah, um, but not. they they love knowing what comes next. Yeah. They love knowing what to say when teacher says this, we say this. Mm -hmm. um, and they um, they just really thrive that way. Um, and yeah, that joy yeah. is everything. And, and I've noticed that you talk about the songs. I mean, I've got, I'm on the same <laughs> corridor here and uh, my <laughs> afternoons at about 3.45 p.m. are punctuated by the strains of a song that you all sing at the end of the day, just kind of flowing. It's just wonderful to, and um, yeah, we're shaped by those habits, even in way, especially as young children, we don't realize. Um, older grades, Candice. So um, we want to focus on discussion mm -hmm. and learning through discussion, learning from each other in class discussion. I think that's one of the real strengths of having that class time while the teacher's leading the students are coming prepared and ready to talk and to that way they can go deeper into their subjects and that camaraderie and also the challenge of their peers there's something that happens in that time yeah, in the yeah. class classroom when they're not just reading a book on their own and thinking about it on their own but then they're hearing someone's completely different perspective on mm -hmm. what they read yeah. um, which is hard to find in just your isolated mm. homeschool setting. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Um, I can see it completely shaping our high schoolers and yes. the way that they think and the way that they approach what they read. Um, mm. And particularly your your theology classes, I'm gonna put a little plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> you plug away, go ahead. Well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, uh, at their best, those are truly eye-opening to me. I mean, like. I don't know whether students realize this, but teachers learn things from their classes when the classes are going well. Yeah. And it, it, that, that's not just a, that doesn't mean that we're underprepared. It means that you're getting something from the sum of the parts of this community, whether everyone is working hard. Like who says that a 16 year old can't teach a, their, their pastor? Like that, yeah. of course they can. Um, but all of that, um, sorry, I'm about to ask you something else. Were you going back to say? No, it's okay. Right, because what I wanted to, to ask you about was the implications of that requirement for collaboration between the home and the school. So, so here's the thing: like, if if you're homeschooling, parents, you get to do whatever you like, and nobody's going to yeah. complain. If you're sending your kids to a school, you're 100% bought into it, mm -hmm. and presumably you pick that school because you're willing to, um, in effect delegate at quite a high level everything to the school. Now you could always pull your kid out if you didn't like it, but the, th the peculiar challenge and opportunity that you guys have embraced is that you've got an ongoing need for collaboration, which is going to have tremendous strengths. It seems to me obvious that you're using everybody's gifts in an ongoing way. Um, and uh, yet it's going to pose challenges because so a, a parent who who doesn't really want to be involved or invested or enthusiastic or committed to helping their kids like they're going to struggle at the oaks correct yep primarily in the grammar stage <laughs> i would say right. when yeah. they definitely need the parents right. more hands-on yes 
we're hoping to grow our students in more and more independence, obviously, yeah. through the logic stage and the rhetorical mm. stage, that they're going to be doing more and more on their own. I'd like to circle back to something about that collaborative, the mm. collaborative model that's really important, that we talk to parents when we bring them into their family interview. Mm. One of the things that we want them to understand is that we are not in any way usurping right. their right. authority in the home, their, their mm. responsibility to educate their children. What we're doing is we're offering them tools yeah, yeah. to help them along as they do the task of educating right. their kids. And we are in um, par a partnership for mm -hmm. the discipleship of their kids. Yeah, so yeah. the things that we're doing at the Oaks have the aim of heart molding and shaping just mm -hmm. like the parents want for their children to love yeah, God yeah. and to love the things that God loves. That's what we're aiming for right. with them. Mm. So. No, I like that. And it's, it's one of the things I've said actually about the Bible and theology classes in particular, even for people whose kids aren't at the Oaks. Like I, I love it when parents come in to the classes. I, I don't feel like, oh, good, do you not trust me? Or I like, intruded upon. It's actually really profoundly helpful for parents to be there occasionally or even regularly because you, it, it encourages that sense of, it's not quite delegations, it's partnership, which is the real strength of this kind of model. Um, the, talk to me about um, curriculum choices. What sort of, um, have you had particular priorities in choosing curricula, or have there been particular um, uh, things that you've uh, encountered that have worked really well? What kind of things have you worked through? We're really yeah. happy with everything the way it is right now. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's one of the, the issues that you run into a little bit of um, conflict with families who are homeschooling and who mm. are used to making all the decisions right, right. for their own families, where when we do make a curriculum choice, it's not always exactly what the, mm -hmm. other, fam the other family might choose. And um, we like to tell our parents, that there is no perfect curriculum. Mm -hmm. We don't believe that you can find something absolutely perfect in every way. And so we try to make a choice for our curriculum in mm -hmm. something that will um, be the best, the best mm -hmm. that we believe our teachers can make it. And so yeah. um, it is dependent upon a really good teacher yes, to make yes. a, any curriculum good, mm. I, we believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's key to have the right kind of teacher. And then it's also necessary for parents, if they have issues with a the curriculum, then they're involved. They're yeah, paying yeah, attention yeah. and they're guiding the conversations at home so mm. that the students get from the text what the parents want them to mm. learn. So we're not doing this in a vacuum and we expect parents to be involved. And yeah. if there is something they don't like, then we want to know, but we also mm. want to make sure that they understand that we teach around the things that yeah, aren't perfect. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? No, it's interesting because that's, um, in, a, in a sense, it mirrors the kinds of discussions we have sometimes in theology classes. So you, I, I don't think there's a theology book in the world that any um, informed reader would agree with everything about. And so then if you complicate matters further by giving a book uh, as a set text to a class, if you really think that all the students, never mind all their parents, are going to be what, happy with everything that Calvin says on everything, or everything that Barving says on everything. It's like, just think again, that, that's totally unrealistic. And so your education at that point, what you're aiming to do 
is to teach the young people to work through how do you engage critically but constructively with something that you don't agree with. And one of the, it becomes particularly intriguing when you've got texture within the class. And, it, and it, it, this goes back to the, the benefit of collaborative teaching and learning, that you, you have the ability to help kids and young adults to work through issues of conscientious disagreement. And if you were doing just homeschooling, like we did for so many years, you don't even notice that you don't have that opportunity. Because, heck, mum just teaches you everything. And uh, on the odd occasion that mum finds something in the book or dad finds something in the book that he disagrees with, then he says, well, this is wrong and here's why. And kids are like, well, okay. Um, uh, although maybe they disagree with dad. But you, what you haven't got is the opportunity to help young people to work out how to have a constructive, healthy um, debate about a difficult or controversial topic. And I love the fact that in, especially perhaps the older theology students, we get that opportunity. And we had one or two at the end of the semester that just finished. And it was kind of interesting just to see how the kids, kids young, young adults really responded. Okay, so I mean, there's tons more we could talk about, but you guys are busy, and um, I want to I want to know: uh, Are there any other final thoughts that you have? We've been talking for a while. Um, uh, things that you'd want to share with uh, listeners and viewers about what you're trying to do. Things that you really are excited about. Um, things that you'd uh, want people to consider as they're thinking about their own children's education, whatever route they're taking. Let me start with uh, Leah. A any final thoughts on uh, any of these topics? Um, well, one thing that's coming to mind is music. And right. uh, singing in a choir is also something that's pretty hard to do at home right, with just right. your family. And But I think that it's really important. I think there's a lot of theological lessons to learn mm -hmm. by singing with a body of people and um, music. I mean, we call music God's language, hmm. um, and I, I just think there's a lot to, lot to be learned hmm. there, and really, really excited about our music program, and hopeful that we can get a lot of participation right. in our music Great. program because it needs people. It really yeah. needs people. Because that's interesting. That, that our kids arrived here just a little late, and having done too many of the wrong things to fit with the curriculum at the Oaks. Maybe you have Wrong but things. Anyway, but, but one thing that we did do, apart from the Bible and theology classes, which at various points one or more of our kids are coming to, our youngest, Abby, has come along and done the choir and has just loved it. And she was in an end-of-term concert. And that, again, is just something it's quite hard to do um, if you're entirely focused in the home. So, yeah. Um, Candice? I would just say that um, I have loved seeing the gifts of the body working together mm. to make something like the Oaks. And that's one of the reasons why we have always pursued working with other people to help educate our kids whenever we could mm. is because I know that I'm limited and I have mm. certain gifts and I'm thankful for them, but I certainly don't have all the gifts I need to do yeah. all the educating of my kids the way that they need to be educated. And um, that's, that's, one of the things I love about what we're doing and just getting excited when I see somebody else's gifts being applied in the lives of my kids and mm. really making a difference. And Great. so um, 
Yeah, I think that's... Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Um, I think I'm going to let these um, busy ladies go about their day's work. Um, we've talked today and over the last few weeks about a whole range of different educational uh, possibilities. Uh, we've talked about schools, we've talked about homeschooling, we've talked about this uh, collaborative um, two days a week model that the Oaks Tutorials um, embraces. Um, I want to leave uh, all of you who are parents of uh, children in education with just one final thought and it's this. Um, you won't be able to choose all of the models for educating your children that we've talked about in the last month or so. You couldn't possibly do so. They can't all be done at the same time. But I hope that as you've listened today um, and as you've listened over the last few weeks, um, and I would urge you if you haven't heard them, go back and check out those conversations with um, Josh Taylor. Um, as you've listened over the last few weeks, um, if you're honest, and I know I've felt this, you will have uh, had moments where you thought, yeah, here is something that we're not doing as well as we could be. Now, I don't know what th that will be for you as a parent and as an educator, um, but I guarantee, I can almost guarantee that for all of you, there'll be multiple um, factors like that that could be improved. And whatever route you take to trying to make your children's education better next year than it was last year, I encourage you to find something. If you're not sure what to do, um, then come and chat to Pastor Neil or chat to me and, and let's have a conversation about um, what it is about your kids' schooling that you'd like to shape. I strongly suspect that Candice and Leah would be very happy to talk to you, not just about the Oaks, although I'm sure they would, but just with their experience of educating children, so that whatever we're doing, and we're all in different circumstances, we'll all be doing different things, we can all be helping each other to get better at this greatest and most wonderful of tasks, the privilege of raising and educating our children. I think that'll do from us. Um, thank you, ladies, thank for you joining for us. Really appreciate, no, I really appreciate your time. Uh, Lord bless you all, and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon. God bless. Bye for now.